something beyond reason happens, it turns skeptics into believers. It's Manson Mitchell on the weekend with Gary Manson, Suzanne Mitchell. A double shot of good conversation with great guests to power up your day. Manson Mitchell, you're on the air. Thank you, Eric Kramer. Happy Earth Weekend, everybody. I'm Gary Mance. I'm Suzanne Mitchell. Together we are Manson Mitchell. In your ears for the hour. Happy to be there and delighted you're with us. We're also happy, as always, of a Saturday to be working alongside our buddy Nathan Miller. Tall guy Nathan, how are you, sir? Good morning, Gary and Suzanne. Doing well and happy post-Earth Day weekend to you as well. There's a post period. Of well, I don't know. I mean, it's a post Earth Day, which is in the weekend. I don't know how to describe it, but I hope it makes sense. <laughs> yeah, that's right. As long as we're not trying to communicate that this is post-Earth today. <laughs> that could get in the way of a broadcast. Well, so thankfully, anyway, COVID didn't do that to us. No, that's for sure. And have you gone to any baseball games lately? The Mariners I have. There? I went to their home opener last week. Good times. Uh, scored a lot of runs and... Excited to see what's in store for this season. I'm hoping we'll be better on offense and pitching, especially pitching. Got a lot of good pitchers this year. Got and to keep them healthy, too, that's for sure. Excellent, Nathan. Glad you're along with us as usual. Suzanne, we're going to talk to a good friend of ours who is, he's multi-talented. But if you would say, wow, that guy danced in Greece, you'd be right. And that's just the start of his story. This is a man who is evolved. He has worked diligently, but also with passion and compassion to become who he is today. And whenever he comes to visit us, we're going to talk to a top flight metaphysician and medium who makes himself available to enlighten everybody. I mean, he's about the edification. He's about firing you up for the sake of your own soul and the prospects for living your best life. And especially, he hates to see people hold themselves back. Vincent Jenna is a world-renowned psychic, spiritual teacher, and medium who has studied at the Arthur Finley College of Psychic and Medium Sciences in England. He earned his Bachelor of Science degree in psychology and his master's in social work. Additionally, he is also a practiced hospice care social worker, having helped over 500 patients transition through the dying process. Born and raised in New York, which you can tell, Vincent currently lives in Raleigh, North Carolina. His website is vincentjenna.com, and we welcome him back to Manson Mitchell, and he's got a new book coming out. So welcome, Vincent Jenna. Good to have you back with us. It's always good to be here with both of you. I feel like, well, we are family, aren't we? I mean, this yes. is unbelievable. This is fabulous. I, I love it, and and um, that's great. And and just so that you know, we moved. We moved from Raleigh, North Carolina, to ah. Holly Spring, North Carolina. So we're in Holly Springs, in in a beautiful home. And talking about Earth Day, even though they take care of the landscaping here, which is fabulous. Oh my God! Oh I yeah, mow the Earth lawn. Yep. Um, Earth was talking to both Eileen and I today, and we went out without remembering it was Earth Day and bought a whole bunch of flowers to plant outside now. So see, I'm doing my part. We're doing our part for Earth Day, for Mother Earth. But it's fabulous to be here. How are you guys doing? 
We're doing well, and they mow our lawns too, thank goodness, because in July and August, you just don't want to be out there on a riding mower. At least I don't. We People, good people get paid to do that, and God bless them. <laughs> yes, absolutely. God did bless them, especially down by you. Oh, my gosh, it's sweat. You know, it can be too hot in all the areas. You know, the United States is going through a whole bunch of stuff with weather, and um, it's hot. It's hot over there, isn't it? During the summer. Oh, yeah. The uh, the first time you were with us, Vincent, we met you in 2015. And I just wanted to look up to see how many visits that you've had since 2015. And it turns out today is number 10. You're in double digits. You're oh, gold my. star. Really? Are you kidding? It's my 10th time that I've been back here. Wow. Wow. Well, that's fabulous. Well, I I must be doing something right in order for me to be invited back that many times, you know? (laughs) Oh, yeah, that's that's the golden circle. Golden, when you get to 10 times, those Uh, are the people, that's, those are our favorite people. And they're the favorite people of our listeners as well, as we can tell by some of the emails that we get. That's so you're, you're definitely in that golden circle. Tell us what no. is, go- you've been busy writing a new book. Tell us what's going on there. Oh my goodness. Talk about being busy. And the funny thing is when you write your, your first book, the first draft of it, you think this is the way it's supposed to be. You know, you get that inspiration, you sit down and you write it. Right. right? And then you talk about it with an editor and the editor turns around and says, no, this isn't your first book. No, this is going to be a second book. You got to do your first book is going to be a little bit different. And we so it was a, an entire rewriting procedure. So I locked myself down. Literally, I stopped all of my appointments, all of my classes and locked myself away, even went to a friend's beach house for a couple of weeks from September of last year until December, that's it. All I did was write it. The important thing, it's so important for me to get this information out the right way. And my editor knew that. And so she wanted to make sure that what I wanted to say was exactly what I was writing. And she said to me, which was so funny, she said, speakers can't write. Because they think they're supposed to write some different way. No, Mm -hmm. write the way you speak. It was Mm -hmm. so funny because we're going back and forth in emails. And all of a sudden, one day she sends me an email with an, you know, an OMG exclamation point. She says, I was at the gym today and I was on the treadmill. And I usually listen, listen to a podcast while I'm on the treadmill. And I was listening to my favorite podcast, which is Michael Sandler, Inspire Nation. And she says, and guess who was on as a guest that day? that time, that podcast I'm listening to. You, that's your book. Everything that you were telling him is your book. Go back to all the interviews you did and get that information and write that in your book. That's what you want. Now that's perfect. It's wonderful. So that's how she worked with me. And man, oh man, oh man, it was so much easier that way because I was able to organize my thoughts. So my book is like a giant lecture but it really it was so important for me to get the right points out because you know me, you just said it. I hate that people are blocking themselves and don't even know that they're blocking themselves. 
Mm-hmm. So it, it's like a secret to them, which is the reason why I named the book The Secret That's Holding You Back. So that was the whole procedure, and I finally got it done. And, of course, it's being published now, and it's released June 21st this year, but everybody can pre-order it. And I just did the audio book. I just recorded the audio book this week, so I'm so excited about it, man. It's going to be fabulous. Well, we are looking forward to getting our copy of that and reading it and then having you back after we've had a chance to read it before having read the book and then just knowing that this has been a topic of yours for some time and one that we've touched on on our radio show with you i'm curious if because you have a degree in social work if there was this influence that you had from all the people that you've talked to from all the people that you've helped cross over to the spirit world, it, has it been your sense that, you know, one of the biggest things in life is that people are always holding themselves back instead of playing full out? Well, you bring up such important points, Suzanne. The fact that I had so many years of study in the metaphysical world, when this happened to me, remember, my download, my spiritual experience, my paranormal experience happened when I was 28 years old. So I had been studying and doing research since then. And so I've got spiritual research that I've done, as well as metaphysical research. Then I got involved uh, in, in psychology so that I can know all aspects. And so between that, between my mediumship, working with people who are dying, working with people who have crossed over, yes, this book is a culmination of all of that experience and understanding. See, the thing is that there's wonderful books out there, fabulous books, right? A matter of fact, The Self-Help and Spiritual Book Publishing Company, there's about $33 billion per year spent on that between all the books, the lectures, the training courses, the card decks, you know, all the Oracle card decks and tarot card decks and affirmation decks, over $33 billion. So there's a lot of information out there. But here is where my book was different and why it was so important for me to write it and why I had so much passion about it. There's either the spirituality books, the new thought movement books, talking about your relationship with a God force, source, spirit, Yahweh, Elohim, whatever you want to call it, the relationship with that, how you use your thoughts to create with, and a new thought creates a new life. That's the whole precept about that. Mm -hmm. Then you have all your psychology books, you know, Don't Sweat the Small Stuff, all of these wonderful books about how to get your mental state and frame of mind balanced and healthy, how to deal with depression and anxiety. I did that work as a psychotherapist. I did that separately as well so that I can get that. Then, of course, you've got your paranormal books, right? Being able to communicate with the other side, with animals, which I do, with aliens, which I do, and and with plants, with with Mother Nature, um, all the, you know, crystals and chakra opening and all of that stuff, healing, and there's all books based on that. 
But you know what? There's very few books that combine all those elements. And we are body, mind, and spirit. So if you're attempting to go after your life using only one of those methods, and there's so many, people think all I have to do is just go to attend a spiritual center. That's what's going to make it work. I don't have to think about this. I don't have to think about psychology or what's going on in my mind. I'm going to follow this path. Or, no, I don't need that. I'm going to follow this path. I'll just take care of the way I think, and everything is going to be okay. This will be fine, hunky-dory. I don't have to worry about the afterlife. I don't have to worry about reincarnation and all of that stuff. And I certainly don't have to worry about paranormal stuff and talking with dead people. You know, mom's gone, dad's gone, fine, great. I go to their grave, I put some flowers on it, that's it, it's done. And then those people wonder why they're still not able to create the lives they want. And so you can't... Swami Sachidananda, who was a yogi who came here, he's the one that you always see in the Woodstock, the original Woodstock concert pictures, right? You see all of those rock stars, but then you see a Swami that is sitting there and he's doing meditation and he's talking, well, that was Swami Sachidananda, right? Mm -hmm. He even met and worked with the Beatles at one point. So he came over and his belief was that all religions are wrong onto themselves. But if you put all their information together, then you would have the truth. So he created a famous temple, the Lotus Temple. And in the Lotus Temple, there is an altar. I've been there. It's beautiful. An altar for every single, representing every single religion, and then one for a whole bunch of generalized religions. And there are light beams coming from each one going up to the center of the temple. And there in the center of the temple is this big, beautiful altar with a giant light beam where all the other light beams are feeding into it, going to the heavens. And so his belief is put that information together. Well, I have the same belief. Instead of working the body or the mind or the spirit, you need to work all three at the same time and understand the anomalies and all of the unusual things that go on in each of those areas. And that's why it spent me, I, I've spent over 10 years, I spent almost 40 years gathering information that I finally was able to put into this book. That's why I think it is so unique and different. But yes, um, that was the um, abridged version to answer your question. Uh. <laughs> The short version. It's a that was the short version. Right. You know me by now. If I've been here 10 times, you know all you have to do is ask maybe three questions in an entire hour. So oh, Vincent, you're so funny. I have to tell you, that was one of the things I was thinking about. I have to tell you something else, too. Um, I was I ran out early this morning to pick up a few groceries. We were just uh, down with a few too many things. And I was coming back from the grocery store on a, on a road that I don't travel a lot. And the, I was coming to a red light that was by a church. And the church had their marquee sign up, you know, advertising their church. But it only had one word on it. I was thinking about you and our interview today 
and I was driving and I was saying, oh, you know, I'm so glad we're going to talk to Vincent later. And it's been a while. Can't wait to talk to him. When I stopped at the red light, the only word which was on the marquee was believe. And that's your word. <laughs> that is your word. And that is my word. I know. Okay. And I looked at it and I had to uh, smile for the synchronicity of my thinking about you and a church marquee that had only one word on it. And I always that ascribe that word amazing. to you. Yes. 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 Now, I, I have to say, it's really interesting because I, I was just talking about this with a class that I just finished because I do a lot of teaching of psychic and mediumship abilities and finding your own purpose and all things like that. And this last class, I told them there are two greatest powers on the earth. Everybody would think that love is the number one power because that's where we come from. That's what we're made of. That's what we're meant to experience. But that isn't the greatest power. The greatest power is belief. Belief empowers love. Because to start with, don't you have to believe you're lovable? believe you're worthy, believe in you coming from a higher source. You can't just think, well, I can feel love, right? I, I can feel that. I know what love is. Mommy and daddy told me uh, they love me all the time. But what does that mean? It's so ambiguous. And today we use love for everything. I love ice cream. You know, I, I love acai bowls. <laughs> that, that's now that that's new. Um, I love everything, right? I love everything. That love is like thrown around all the time. And then when it comes down to it, that people don't have partners, people break up all the time. They're lonely. They're isolated. They don't have friends or they lose their friends. And then meanwhile, they're saying, they believe that they're lovable. And the point is that belief, belief in anything, my whole book is based on that concept that you finally have to get down to. Uh, let me, I'm going to share something. I'm going to give everybody out there, the listeners, a little part of my book that's in there. Let's say you wanted to bake a cake. Right. And so you gather together, especially today, you're going to go for the healthiest ingredients, you know, those organic, organic milk and eggs, the, the, the cage free eggs and make sure that the birds haven't been the chickens haven't been fed anything bad. And so you get all your ingredients and then you get your wonderful Rachel Ray utensils and you're mixing everything together in the bowl. And then you go and you get your pampered chef baker or stoneware and you pour all the ingredients in that and then you put all of that in a most expensive beautiful oven you know the top of the line oven and unless you've done the most important thing first you will never turn those ingredients into the cake that it is meant to be what is the number one first line of instructions of any baking recipe? What is that? Preheat the oven. Preheat the <laughs> oven. Yes. Without the heat, those ingredients will sit there and just rot. 
And preheating the oven is the process that we have all forgotten about. So every time we go to a spiritual center, every time we listen to a lecture or read a fabulous book, unless we do that most important process, nothing that you apply, nothing that you're trying will ever, ever work. And you know what that process is? Belief. Believing in yourself. That's the heat. Now, that's not the secret, so I haven't given that away. But it's the heat that makes all the ingredients turn into the cake. It makes whatever you attempt work. And the problem is people do not believe in themselves. Most people, and I've said this before on your show, I know we've said it a million and one times, Most people do not believe what they think they believe. So, yes, I cannot believe, I cannot believe you saw the word belief. How perfect. Believe, yeah. yeah. Believe, synchronicity. Believe, synchronicity. I love synchronicities like that. And you got me pretty pretty excited, Vincent, because only recently I was talking to some people who are definitely in the know. And they said, if you're going to get maximum benefit from this product, you must heat it. And once it's heated, then you can enjoy the full benefits of it, but you've got to have that heat coming first. <laughs> so, there you and, go. Suzanne, and Suzanne shakes a fist in my direction, <laughs> but make sure if it's not heated, it's not going to work so good. And at that point, we don't care what you believe. <laughs> it's, it's <a> <laughs> that's right. Yeah, just heat it up. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's Mother Nature you're arguing with at that point. <laughs> um, I that's wanted to, um, uh, you know, and Suzanne, I give you credit because we were, when you were reading Vincent's bio, there a question that I had not anticipated jumped into my head. There, I think we have enough time before we go to our bottom of the hour break, our one and only break of the hour, for me to ask you this, Vincent, and we're getting into your background now, which is multivarious, by the way, but always with that theme of compassion for your fellow humans running through it. That's the motif. When you were working as a hospice nurse, now you were, you were formerly a hospice nurse. No, social worker. A social worker. Thank you, sir. You were a social worker and you were working hospice. Mm -hmm. I've had occasion several times very recently. And a lot of this plays out in discussions on Facebook where people are inquiring about this. They either had or they may have a loved one who is in hospice or in a regular hospital. And before they pass away, before they make their transition, they begin to see days, perhaps even weeks in advance, relatives in their field of vision, as as though we're looking on the Zoom screen and I'm looking at Vince and Jenna and nurses, certainly relatives that you got to, these are the accounts of loved ones all over the place who say that when mom or dad or grandma, grandpa, what have you, are ready to pass away. They begin to see loved ones, could be relatives, could be friends, could be old neighbors, an old girlfriend, and they see them as if they are present in the room with them. Medical science, not always, but chiefly, I've found, 
will explain it by saying, well, of course, what is happening here is that when the brain is dying, you begin to have misfirings of signals. This, this is the, the randomness and the chaos, if you will, of a dying brain. And so these hallucinations are produced, and it's a natural part of the dying process. Vincent, do you believe that that explanation suffices? Not even close, Gary. Here is the thing that the doctors don't seem to understand. It's the same thing with dreams, okay? You cannot make your unconscious mind create anything consciously. You can train your subconscious mind, but you can't make your unconscious mind do anything. That's why in dreams, they're random. And yes, your unconscious mind will use what your conscious mind went through during the day in order to get a message to you in your sleep at night. Now, when it comes to those people that you see, here is the funny thing. The tormented people, now you can ask NDE, near-death experience people, this question, because that's the only way to really understand what we do experience the moment we die, from those people who have died and then were brought back again. Many of them had very tormented and abuse abused youths, right? When they were younger, they would see some character, some perpetrator, whether it was from molestation or physical abuse at all. And now that they're older, those characters are deceased. So now think about this for a moment. Your unconscious mind, you went through a hell life and now you're dying and your defense mechanisms are down. If that was true about the firing of your brain, don't you think those people would immediately see those characters that stick out the most in their mind, like their perpetrators? Wouldn't you think that would be a reasonable understanding? What stands out the most in that person's life is what they're going to wind up seeing from that misfiring, the way the doctors are saying when they die, right? I follow you, yes. Okay, but here's the funny thing about that. That never happens. The only people they wind up seeing are those they have always loved, endearing mm. people. And yeah. I'll tell you why they see those people. Please. Be because when you die, think about this for a moment. You've got a physical body that your conscious mind is completely used to, this limited physical body. Now it's gone. And the human part of your mind is gone with it. Now you're nothing but energy. And nobody around you sees you. Nobody around you understands that you're still right there. But you're there. You're still aware, just in a different consciousness. And you're looking around, and you are so unacclimated to what's going on, that the only way you would be comfortable is what? If you saw other loved ones right next to you, holding your hands, saying, it's okay. We're here. You have died. Your human body has died. Now you can, oh my God, grandma, thank you. Oh my God, thank God, grandma. Oh, my husband's back. Oh, my, my, my wife is here. Oh, my child. Oh my God, thank God you're here. Holy cow. People think, they, they get the wrong idea of what death is. And that's mostly because of religion. And it's actually mostly because of Christianity. 
because Christianity, what does it majorly teach? It teaches that you have a good life here so that you can immediately go to heaven. That's what happened to Jesus. Boom, he's in heaven. It's all hunky-dory. It's wonderful. It's beautiful. No, it's not. He turned around and said, the kingdom of heaven is within you. It is not a place. Don't look for it to be a place. So if you are anxious and there is a lot of stuff that maybe you didn't do that you wanted to do and stuff that you did do that you didn't want to do, right? Now you die. And first, all of that hits you. The whole picture hits you at one time because there's no more filters. There's no more human defense mechanisms shielding and hiding all of this other stuff. You begin to see it all. If you did not have those people around you at the time to comfort you, your energy would be flying all over the place. You wouldn't know what to do, where to go, or anything like that. So the loved ones appear intentionally to calm you down, to comfort you, and to let you know it's okay. And even during that, we do not fully go completely into those dimensions, the higher dimensions, until we feel totally comfortable. It's, it's why even we have funerals. Funerals and memorials aren't just for the living to say goodbye. It's for the dying, the ones who have died as well. And we understand that. We even have holidays for the spirits to try to make sure that they're comforted. So your soul knows all of this, but your human mind interprets it in the ways that you can accept it. So memorial services. So there's always a story about, you know, Uncle Joe dies or dad dies and he haunts you because he didn't like the, the memorial service you gave him, you know, and all those stories and people ask me all the time did they know did they see the funeral did they like what they did i said are you kidding me they hung there purposely and wanted to know why the other relatives didn't show up you know so we do hang around until we know it's okay and then once we start feeling more comfortable that's when we leave you will always hear living people say, um, when my mother died, I, I saw her the first couple of weeks, and then all of a sudden, I don't feel her around anymore. Or when my child died, or when my partner died, or friend died, right away, they will see them, feel them, sense, sense that some spirit is there, and then it goes. That's because the spirit is still hovering around until he or she becomes acclimated, then they go further away, and then they only come back every so often or when they're called upon. But that's the way it goes. That part right there. Wow, what a perfect way to get us through the first half of the show, Vincent. They go away and they come back if they are needed. There, That opens up a whole new rich vein of conversation. I'd love to go there when we come back, in addition to what we call the marketing piece, because you're going to want to get perhaps pre-order Vincent Jenna's book, The Secret That's Holding You Back. None of us like to be held back. We like to go forward. Here's one way how. Absorb, internalize the message of Vincent Jenna's coming book. We are Manson Mitchell. Give us a couple of minutes and we'll be back with more conversation with our honored guest of the hour, Vincent Jenna, right here on AM 1150. Hi, everybody. This is Anson Williams from Happy Days, and I'm so excited to tell you about American Road. It is the best car travel magazine in the world. They have the most fantastic adventures 
detail in each magazine with all your itinerary. We could just jump in the car with your family and have the most fabulous adventures you've ever had in your life. Please get a copy of American Road and start your own adventure. Staying connected with Gary Mance and Suzanne Mitchell is easy. Just go to manceandmitchell.com for the latest info on topics and guests. Friend Gary Mance and Suzanne Mitchell on their Facebook pages and like the Mance and Mitchell show page at facebook.com slash Mitchell. If you're on Twitter, share a follow with Gary and Suzanne at Mance Mitchell. Join Gary and Suzanne Friday and Saturday mornings at 10 a.m. for an unusual show that covers everything from personal growth to the paranormal. Here's an amazing act. Here's a tremendous act. Here's a startling act. The amazing, the thrilling, the greatest, spectacular, incredible, exciting, wonderful, world-famed, most unusual novelty act. The home of the A-Team of Alternative Talk is manceandmitchell.com. Heard right here on Alternative Talk 1150 AM or streaming live from your computer anywhere. Terry Loving wants to help you with your online marketing challenges right now. She has several courses she is giving away to help you get your business working for you online. Yes, giving away. WordPress websites are her specialty, yet her technical skills go way beyond that. Check out her blog at terryloving.com or email her directly at terry at terryloving.com. That's terry at terryloving.com. On Friday, Manson Mitchell welcomed Bill Patridge, medium and minister, who returns to talk about the signs and symbols our loved ones send us from the other side. On Saturday, Dr. Drayvon James brings a wealth of experience about lifting yourself up by your own bootstraps and succeeding wildly. Bringing you mastery and mystery since 2007. We are Manson Mitchell, Friday and Saturday mornings at 10 on Alternative Talk, AM 1150. Multicultural, multidimensional even. Alternative Talk 1150. Welcome back to Manson Mitchell and our very special guest this hour, Vincent Jenna, who we've known now for a few years and we consider him a friend. Uh, Vincent, we want to talk about pre-ordering your book and also if people want to connect with you, what is your website and anything else that you would like to share with the listeners? Oh, fabulous. Well, first of all, thank you. Was that Nathan who just played Starry Starry Nights, my theme song there? Yes. Yes. Thank you, Nathan. That is fabulous. And if so, talk about another synchronicity. We have the Van Gogh experience opening up here in Raleigh, and it's going to be here for six months. And it took up an entire giant building. It used to be an old gym, um, a workout gym, you know, an athletic gym that they converted into this unbelievable experience tearing down everything amazing so anybody has a chance to see it go see it so yes vincent is my theme song and you can go to my vincent website at vincentjenna.com that leads you to everywhere including some classes i do have a, a an intermediate to ad- advanced mediumship class coming up that's starting actually next week. Um, So anybody could sign up for that still. And they can also use the link to go to Amazon to get my pre-order my book. It really makes a difference. We were talking about this. It's such a great help. It's a message. I want to be able to get out there to the world. And I'm telling you right now, you can go to Amazon and actually read the first two chapters. So you get an idea of my writing and what I'm talking about, which is very entertaining and as well as informative and educational. 
So Amazon.com to pre-order the book, which is fabulous. And then my website, which will connect you to everywhere, VincentJenna.com. Okay. Thank you. Outstanding. Thank you. We were talking uh, before about people seeing relatives before they pass. And when they do pass, not everybody gets a visit, you know, and I'm, I feel bad about that in one way, because there are people who yearn for that and it doesn't happen for reason or reasons unknown. But there are other people who seemingly can't stop being visited, you know, and uh, I consider them the lucky ones, but it can be challenging for them as well, because if they're receiving advice, if they're receiving help, we're here in these bodies living our imperfect lives with limited vision, but trying to make progress, trying to do the right thing. We don't have the perspective of eternity yet. No. So when people are getting these visits after a while, and then it, it seems as you indicated, it stops. People are on to other things. They have other destinies. They have jobs to do, I'm told, especially if it, you know, hey, you could go and help somebody with this. We need you to do whatever it is. And then they say they're going to do it. I've heard that numerous times. What about that point where it becomes clear that there's only so much that spirit communication and visitations can do before you have to carry on until it is your time. Are you talking about the living or the deceased now as far as the communication? Uh, I just put it this way. Someone might say to you, if they have a session with you, you know, my mom or my dad used to come to me all the time and I would right. feel their presence around me, but it now, now it feels like they've gone away and I don't know where they went. Well, here is something really interesting that most, including most of the mediums in the UK and overseas don't believe the exact same thing that I believe. As a matter of fact, most mediums don't believe what I believe and what I've been told I first want to remember that point because I first want to come back to something important you said about there are some people who don't get to see or hear or feel their loved one who has just recently died where there are others who have. Well, here is the thing. There is a reason to that. There is only one channel within us that opens up to our soul, which is connected to the other side. We get all our intuition. We get all of that internal connection, even as me as a medium with deceased beings through that channel. And that channel, if we're going to say it's in any area of your body, resides in your heart. And the reason being why it's over in that area, because that's where we feel joy, love, heartache. Why do you think we call it heartache? Why do we call Why didn't we call it throat ache? You know, when somebody breaks up with us or somebody dies, yeah, I'm really going through some horrible throat ache. You know, no, because we feel mostly in that centered area, which is our fourth spiritual center. That's where the channel resides. Now, unfortunately, and it's natural, death causes grief, a loss of a loved one. The interesting thing, is if we had enough love here, we would not experience, experience grief the way we experience it. When Jesus went, when Lazarus died, a matter of fact, he didn't even go before he died. He waited until he died and then went. 
his sisters, Lazarus's sisters, were hysterical. They were in pain. They were horrible. You know, why didn't you come, Jesus, sooner you could have saved his life? Jesus cried. He didn't cry over the fact that Lazarus had died. He had cried because Lazarus's sisters were hurting so much. It was his compassion. And he looked at them and he says, your brother isn't dead. And then that's when he brought him back from the grave. Because Jesus was the highest example of feeling pure, unconditional love and sharing pure, unconditional love. If we experience that here on earth, you wouldn't feel loss the way we feel it. Yes, do I miss my friend sometimes that started this whole thing with me? He died very young at 33 years old. I think about him. I was just recently thinking about him. But I don't have heartache when I'm thinking about him anymore because I do have love in my life and love of him. So grief will close that channel instantaneously. Every positive feeling opens the channel. Every negative feeling closes the channel. So that's the reason why some people don't get to see or feel their deceased loved ones. There are those who, when their loved one dies, in their heart of hearts, they know that it's okay. They know that this person, oh my gosh, thank God they're not suffering from cancer anymore. I miss you, honey. I love you very much. But I know that you're in a better place, right? So their hearts for that compassion for the deceased person opens up. And now all of a sudden, they're the ones that are telling me, oh, mom was around. Oh, I felt her right away. Oh, my son and my daughter. There is the horrible grief of all is losing a son or a daughter, right? And especially for a mother, because a mother carried that child around. And so that grief is, though natural, because it's human, it's a human feeling, it just will close the channel. But there are those who can partially accept it's okay, my, my child is still alive, and they're the ones that tell me that they feel the child, they feel the lost loved one. So that is the major reason why we don't feel or some people don't feel their deceased loved one when they have died right away. Okay, now you're on the other side. And Gotta understand, everybody seems to think that the souls stay, that that life stays forever. And that's not true. The essence of that life stays, maybe. So when I'm communicating with some of those spirits, I'm actually communicating with the essence, the energy of the spirit, not the soul. Souls move on. And they do go to another lifetime. You have so many, your past lives are still up there. The essence of your past life is still up there. And what will happen is when you leave this life, that's why there's so much work to be done, because our goal is to feel as God. And Edgar Casey put it really well. Edgar Casey said that there are 22 dimensions. We're in the third dimension. God is the 22nd dimension. Our goal is to evolve to higher consciousness and higher dimensions until we finally are at that top dimension, feeling as God, feeling that power. And then we may create a whole nother type of experience other than coming to an earth physical experience. 
So we're constantly growing. So now we're on the other side and we visit and we see all our other essences from past lives because what have they experienced that you didn't experience? And you gather that together. Oh, wow. Wow. And then the overseers, the advanced souls, well, they'll be looking at you and they're going, okay, so what do you want to do next? What would you like to do? Do you want to go back down? Do you feel the need to? Do you want to keep going and working here? Did you want to help anybody that was down there? What do you feel? And we decide, we make those decisions to help. And so a lot of times we understand that everybody down on earth is going to be okay because this is all a friggin' illusion. Believe it or not, everything we're going through now, including the coronavirus and all the variant that, that's going on and the fighting and the hatred, it's all an illusion. Everybody thinks it's so damn important. Yes, it's important that we make positive, higher choices to try to keep that stuff from happening. But if we think that that's all who we are, we're not. This is completely going to go away. And you notice that and realize that on the other side. So even when your child is crying because he or she misses you, that you're gone or your partner, you're over there going, but they're going to be okay. They'll be okay. I know they miss me, but look, they're going to go to work tomorrow. They'll be fine. Unless they really see that you need help, then they'll be down. Now, nowadays, yes, they've definitely been here more than they have ever been here before because of all the nonsense that is going on on this planet right now as I speak. And so, yes, we have everybody around. It's like, angels, come on. Hey, essences from all the lifetimes. They need all the help we can get. Let's just bombard them with yelling in their ears. Maybe they'll eventually hear some guidance. So, but other than that, no, they're moving on. And every time we have that hard grief feeling in our hearts here, they're doing their thing on the other side, whatever it is, maybe talking to some of their past lives and really enjoying the stories and getting it. And then all of a sudden, ooh, ooh, what was that? Wow, what is that feeling? It's horrible. Oh, my gosh. Oh, uh, damn, that's my son. And my son is thinking about me today. Uh, that's my wife. Yeah, yeah, she's missing me. I can feel it. Let me go down. I got to leave, guys. Let me go down and just say hello. Give her some comforting, man. I can, I can tell she's hurting. That's how it goes, basically. But eventually, there should be no more souls to be talking with because we'll all be moving on. And then there won't be those deceased essences coming back here anymore. And we shouldn't be turning to them. Here I am, a medium. But we shouldn't be turning to them. We should be turning to us and the source that we're connected to. And there's where we can get our greatest comforts from and healing. Wow. That was an elegant explanation. Yeah. Thank you. Thank Vincent. you. That, that was something. Um, I, was, I was particularly interested in the idea of the essences of our spirit versus the soul moving on, because, uh, you know, I always have this question about reincarnation. When we have um, talked to some people who have done a lot of work with reincarnation, uh, we've heard that some people come back very, very quickly. And some people take a long time in human years to return. And some are of, you know, what would be normal or average length. 
And, you know, this idea about our having these multiple lives, you wonder how that all works. Well, it can work if your if your spiritual essence comes down in part. It isn't your whole soul coming down and leaving nothing up on the other side. There, there, there is that 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 connection, that cord between here and the spirit world where we can never be disconnected from the spirit world. Does that make sense? Oh, totally. It makes sense, Suzanne. Uh, a matter of fact, I love the way Edgar Casey had put it. He had said that the oversoul is what God created. When we were originally created, it was the whole big one soul. And so your oversoul stays there while the a piece of your soul comes down to the earth form. Yes. And that's what maintains the connection. So your goal is to really open up the channel. That's why I do all the work that I do. And what my book is really helping people with is opening their conscious connection to their soul because their soul's mind is connected to their oversoul. And the oversoul is what is part of God. And so that's where the whole link is. Um, interesting, Shirley MacLaine, when she came out of the spiritual closet and wrote out on a limb, she explained that her experience was she went into this meditation and she saw herself, and it was so funny, she was in a hot tub when she did it. She saw her soul and an umbilical cord going all the way up through the cosmos, into the cosmos, into her oversoul. So there's so many ways of describing what that connection is. But yes, you're absolutely right. You are never disconnected. You would cease to exist if your soul disconnected, your essence here disconnected from your oversoul. That's it. You'd be done. It would be like cutting off all your blood supply to all of your your bodily organs, like a like a heart attack or or something like that, um, that would be the the exact same effect. You would just cease to exist. So you're always connected, and um, the accumulation of those of those essences, you do come down now with even bits and pieces. So when you're on the other side and you had some wonderful experiences or some bad experiences, let's face it. Uh, somebody had to be a pirate. Somebody had to be a whore. I don't know, <laughs> Gary. I don't know in a past life if pole dancing was very. I don't know what you do when you come near a pole. He was a whore. Well, <laughs> on one side of my life, I'm Polish. My family if that oh, counts for anything. I'm pole. a dancing pole. That's exactly what it is. The dancing pole, exactly. So you have no idea. Somebody had to be that. So now think about you're meeting all of those people. They're all together, and now you're deciding to come down again. And you got to pick and choose some of the traits that you want to bring with you. And that's what people do. And and Suzanne, you said something important. I'm going to share a story. My grandson. When he was the older grandson, he's 15 now, God bless him. When he was three and a half years old, which is the time period that most children will remember or have psychic experiences. So he's driving in the car with my wife and out of the clear blue, he turns around and he says, Grandma, I was born in 2004. And of course, Grandma turned around and said to him, no, Noah, you were born in 2007. He said, no, grandma, I was born in 2004. 
Noah, your birthday is March 10th, 2007. He turns around, he says, I know I was born in 2004. I died. I went back to God. And then three years later, I came down in mommy's tummy. Wow. That gives me chills. That gave me goosebumps. Yes. Three and a half years old. He knew nothing of math. He didn't know that four plus three is seven, but he had a past life recall. So when she told me the story, I said, did you ask him more questions? She said, no, I almost got into a car accident. (laughs) It was just like, oh, my God. And so, of course, he has forgotten that today. But I would have loved to. I never found out and I never really took the time to dive in to find out why he needed to do that. Why did he have to come down? Because there's always a reason. And it's really interesting. Interesting because there are some karmic things that you will set up for yourself that there are sometimes all you need to do is go through the experience of being born, like crib deaths and early childhood deaths. Yes, biologically, and they're trying to figure that all out. But of course, unless you apply the spiritual, then you're just looking at the biological part and suffering horribly. And it's it's painful anyway. However, the stories are that all the soul needed to do to complete what he or she wanted to do for herself and her evolution evolving was to go through one more birth, but also to try to set and help the parents having gone through a torment like that. Because usually what's supposed to happen and what has happened in the past is when children die young, what do parents do? They seek out God for answers. And that's what the hope is of the soul and the arrangement may be ahead of time. All right, listen, guys, um, I have to go down to earth Um, I want to go through a birth experience and stuff like that. I have to go through that, and that'll clear up a bunch of stuff for me. Um, But I need you to go down with me. Now, listen, as long as you're coming down with me and I'm going to go through that, let this help you get on a spiritual journey. Because, you know, once we get down there, we're going to forget God. We're going to forget everything. We're going to have to rediscover that all again. So let me help you with that, okay? So you're going to help me. I'm going to help you. All right? Agreed? Agreed? You're going to do that for me? All right, let's go. And a lot of, obviously, we don't remember that. And a lot of times it does work. Child dies and it's taking care of his or her own karma. And then the parents are going on some kind of spiritual journey to seek out why. A lot of times the parents break apart and it, and the plan fails because of there's too much pain and they can't deal with it and they take it out on each other, which is the wrong thing to do, of course, and they break apart. Child coming in with disabilities of any kind can do that, but it's always about that. So the things we choose to experience helps our own evolvement. At least that's what the plan is. Thank you, Vincent wow. Jenna. That's Another quite the hour. one hour seminar that, that uh, makes up for years of neglect in my own preparation to understand metaphysics, what this is all about. We would love to have you back anytime, Vincent. The secret that's holding you back will be the subject of our next interview, our next get together here on AM 1150. Have a beautiful weekend, Vincent. Thank you so much. Thank you guys.